everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through November 6th. We are continuing with having special guests to help us chat about the Grand Prix event of the week. We had Melanie Haney for Skate America and Danielle Earl for Skate Canada. And this week, we are joined by Matteo Morelli, who was part of the media at the Grand Prix de France, covering the event for IceDance.com. Hi, Matteo! Hello! Very happy to be back. Well, we're happy to have you back to talk about this Grand Prix event. Event number three, so we're officially at the halfway point. Yeah, halfway. It's hard to believe. I know. Three more to go, and then the final. Then the final, and then, Gina, you and I get a little break. Yes. We take a break at Christmas. (laughs) Just enough time for us to miss it, and then we're back in it again, getting gearing up for the final run of the season. And we should probably be throwing in some interviews during that time, too. So we got to get going on that, too, so we can get some interviews in the can. But it's been it's been really busy just mm-hmm. trying to keep up with uh, the weekly episodes and running websites and life in general. It's yeah, it's been wild. So it's great, though, to have Matteo back with us to talk mm-hmm. about Grand Prix de France. Um, we, ha- you know, do you have any general thoughts, Matteo, that you want to share? Um, well, first of all, I'm glad the Grand Prix happened without any disasters. Uh, I don't know whether you were aware, but it was a storm that was approaching France right before the Grand Prix. And luckily, oh, all wow. the athletes got there on the Wednesday, I think, around Tuesday, Wednesday. But for instance, some people, including myself, I was flying to France on the, th- on the Thursday, and the storm was getting quite big at that stage. So I managed to fly to Paris, but then all the trains got cancelled. All the alternatives to to get to Angers were fully booked, like buses and coaches. So I ended up having to rent a car and drive there. <laughs> Luckily, though, that was the Thursday, which meant that all the skaters and their teams were there the day before. And they were, <laughs> luckily, all there and able to, to compete at the event. Wow, I don't think I heard about that. I think maybe no. you sent an email saying that, but I, I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah, there were quite a few of us that had to change travel plans, but luckily we all made it there. And um, but yeah, <laughs> not the ideal start of a Grand Prix from the media and audience perspective. And it was funny because once we got that we got there and the Grand Prix started, the storm seems to seem to be okay in France. It kind of hit the coastline and then it moved towards the UK and and the south of Europe. But yeah, <laughs> that could have caused a little. Uh, issue to skaters if it was just two days earlier than what he actually got there. Tiffany, I think I remember in Nationals when there was like, well, of course, the the Nationals, Um, Nashville snowstorm, but (laughs) I think there was something... Wasn't it San Jose or some Nationals where there was like a storm on the East Coast? There's been things causing... Okay, so I remember coming home from... Greensboro. Oh, okay. One year, and I got one of the last flights out before this huge blizzard hit. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. People had flights being canceled. 
I play I gambled honestly because I my flight could have been canceled. But it was still on and I gambled and I was able to get off the ground and get home. But a lot of people were not so lucky because that blizzard was crazy. And I remember I think it's when I was starting a new I think a new job in a new department at my company. And it got so bad here. We got three feet of snow in Maine. And the place was closed the next day. And it never closed. Like, it, it never closes, but it was closed. Wow. You couldn't get out. All I could think is, there is no way I am going to be able to get to work. And, and then no one was answering the phone. Yeah. It was a it was a bit crazy. <laughs> so weather, yes, we have dealt with a lot of crazy weather before here in the US, especially I feel like it's the East Coast that gets a lot of it with the snowstorms especially. But Nashville was crazy. I just remember not even the storm like coming in, but just getting to the rink that day and walking there and trudging through the snow and Anne was with me and yeah. That'll be a memory I'm going to have forever. Oh, yeah. Totally. But was there... It looked like it didn't affect the crowd because the crowd was pretty big most of the weekend. Oh, yes. It, it was quite... So the good thing about Angers is that this arena is not too big. So when you're able to fill it up, you definitely feel the audience. And that's what all the skaters were saying. They love the atmosphere. You could actually see most of the seats being taken. There were a lot of people standing at the back as well. And of course, in some sections, you had <clears throat> you had a lot of skaters that after their competitions, they get, they got out there and they were watching the entire competition. I, I, I remember sitting not far away from Wakaba uh, Iguchi, which literally watched the entire event. So that was very nice. She was very friendly with all the fans that were getting, going there. But the arena itself, I think it feels very cozy and very friendly. And with all the people there, it felt like a really warm event uh, for everyone, which I think is something that we're all happy about because, as we know, sometimes we struggle to fill up uh, the ice rings. So to see an event that is so well attended is very good from an audience and public perspective, but also for the skaters that can feel all that love uh, that they yeah that they always like to to see from the audience. All right, that is was awesome. So should we get started with the men? Yeah. Yeah, let's All kick right. it off with the men. That's how we usually... Which, um, I mean... Can we say it was a much better men's event, I think, than we got last week at Skate Canada? Oh my god, it was amazing. Especially that free skate. <laughs> it, it, was it was incredible. Well, I'm, I'm still thinking about it. I'm smiling, thinking about how exciting it was. <laughs> Literally, if you... Thinking about, for instance, Lucas uh, Bridgeski and what he delivered with his free skate based on his African music means a lot to him because it's he was saying that that's music that is very close to his heart because of the trips that he does to he uh, does to Africa um, with his family and you could see that he got out there he was confident he was ready to skate and he delivered an excellent skate and then you have Yuma Kamgiyama coming up after him. And he's so strong. He was very critical with himself, I have to say. He was not very happy and he keeps being very um, critical. Yeah, as I said, he, he was basically sharing that 
it feels like he's starting again from zero, although it doesn't really look like he's starting from zero, but <laughs> we'll give him no. that comment. <laughs> but I think that he's this coming back slowly and gradually to make sure that he's not injuring himself and not getting back to injuries is really paying back because he's already in a very good shape. We know that he can do much more. And I think the the fact that he's working with Carolina Costner as her coaching team, as part of his coaching team now, is really paying back because the artistry that he's bringing on the ice is phenomenal. He's got such an extension of his arms now. He feels the music. The I think the step sequence that he delivered was probably the best one of that day. Uh, it was really intense and really beautiful to watch. And then you get to the top two, and what a top two. <laughs> Ada Xiao Himfao comes out there, delivers four quad jumps in a free. Everyone went crazy. <laughs> and <laughs> Of course they wow. did. It's his home country, and to get to see that, what a treat no, to be in the yeah. audience for that. And, he, and I, was, I, I was glad he left the um, backflip for the exit off the ice and didn't decide to throw it into the program. Yeah, at, at the press conference after the short program, he, he was asked whether we would approach that in his free um, program, but he said, well, I don't want to have any deductions. So I'm just going to keep it safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does make you wonder, though, if you think about it, if they would ever consider allowing a backflip in competition as like a choreographic element yeah. or some other piece of it. I mean, because even like... Ilya's doing that like raspberry, which is kind of like a, it's not a backflip, but it's like a flip. So why can't we have a Skater do a backflip in a choreo sequence or a you know, step sequence yeah. or something? I don't know. Yeah, skating has continued to evolve. So I mm -hmm. think maybe it's time to start moving more outside the box. And that's exactly what Adam and Ilya were discussing at, at both press conferences. They were asked those questions quite a lot. Ilya was asked a lot about his quad, uh, Axel, whether it's coming back anytime soon. And he was saying, no, I'd rather keep it safe. I want to deliver a very clean program. But I'm a bit disappointed that the score of a quad Axel is not as high as it used to be before. And he's saying that he and Adam were agreeing that they, they'd rather have challenges to the, to the sport to make sure that the sport is actually going beyond where it is now so that, that keeps growing and um, it's very interesting to see how the two of them kind of influence each other and like to push each other but they do feel like there could be more done to improve the field and to make it you know better to to keep growing in the field yeah they, they both agree that it's something that should happen and they were so close in the short program too I did not expect it to be that close. Plus, I also didn't expect Ilya to uh, just fall on his step sequence, too. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little bit, um, I, I laughed. Well, he laughed, too. But, um, yeah, it was just really close. And I was like, "This could, it's going to flip. I had a feeling it might flip in the free and that Adam was going to win over Ilya. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm liking this. And now Adam goes and competes. Next week. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hoping to qualify for the final. And Ilya has qualified for the final with his gold at Skate America and now um, silver at in France. So um, the first 
men man to qualify for the final so yeah and it would be very interesting if adam qualifies as well because if we can see the same level of competition at the grand prix final then it's going to be an excellent grand prix final yeah. again <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally that's what you want right no one wants and also no one wants to peak right now now is not the time you want to be able to put out good performances but not your absolute best because you need to save that for the day when everyone comes together and there are big stakes, that's when you want to pull it out. That's for sure. Were there any other impressions that stood out for you with the men's event? I know you said that Yuma was kind of down on himself. I'm just, and I think Gina will agree <laughs> with me. We're just happy that he's back on the ice. And I think this, um, these performances were another step in the right direction from when he started earlier this season. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard to be out with injury and any skater who's ever missed time, no matter what the injury is, is going to say that missing even a week or two of training can really impact you. But I'm just glad that he's back. It's great to see what he has um, been able to accomplish so far mm -hmm. and, yeah, and even yeah. thinking about the short program, he was not that far away from the first and second position, if you think about it. And he didn't have any quads in the short program. So that's showing how powerful he is as a skater. And he's also beautiful yeah. as well. I think that that's the thing that is different now. He clearly is over critical with himself because he wants to, to show and prove himself that he can do what he used to do or even more than before. But there is a transformation there. There is a lot of maturity that is now being shown on the ice when he's there. And it, he's definitely one to, to keep an eye on and, and see what he's going to do at the next, next Olympic Games as well, if everything goes well. Excellent. Well, I think we should move on to the women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, women. Unfortunately, <laughs> fortunately, we did not get to see the level of skating from the women that we did get from the men's event. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Because yeah. uh, even Sir Isabel which won the event, she's a beautiful skater, but she probably didn't have the skates that she was hoping for. She admitted, for instance, that uh, at the end of the long pro of the free program, she had a dramatic ending with that uh, little mess up that she had. But um, I, I think she was probably happy because she she said that it was. A, an objective that she had to, to win a gold medal at a Grand Prix event. But you could see that she was not happy with the way she won the event. Uh, but I think in spite of that, she um, she's very mature. I think that, that that's what I like about Isabel. She was, I think, the youngest one at, at the event. But she's so mature on the ice, but also as a person, when you, when you hear her explaining how she's working, what she's working towards, so despite the fact that she did not have the best probably skate, uh, she she's still a beautiful skater to, to, to what she brings a lot of grace on the eyes. And yeah, very beautiful. And she was the youngest U.S. woman to win a Grand Prix event since Sarah Hughes in 2001. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's a about a long, long time. time. So it's about 16. 
And then this, she was also the first U.S. woman to win a Grand Prix event since Ashley Wagner in 2016. Now, Mariah Bell did win Skate America when it was a domestic event. So, you know, Isabeau did accomplish quite a bit here, even though maybe not the best skates for her this weekend. Um, but she is heading to the final, her second final. Hopefully, you know, she may improve on her silver from the final. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I was... I've always been impressed in how she carries herself both on the ice and off the ice. She's very mature. As you said, Mateo, very mature for, you know, only 16. Um, so, but you know who the one that caught me by surprise was Belgium's Nina Pinzeroni. Um, wow. Two sensational skates in her Grand Prix debut. I don't know what you thought of her out there, but I, I just thought she was just incredible. She was. She was really beautiful to watch as well. The the program I think is really working for her, and and clearly <laughs> I think she she was not expecting to have such an outcome out of this Grand Prix. She she said at the press conference that she was super happy um, to have uh, won a medal, and she was definitely not expecting to be there. So it was very, yeah, very nice to see such a skate that was rewarded with a nice medal for her, another young skater as well. So, you know, it's a podium that is showing all the new generations being out there and being ready to compete. Yeah. And Belgium. Yeah, now Belgium. Belgium has two now. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, the big surprise for me was High and Lee did not skate up to what we know she's capable of. And that resulted in her not making the podium. And we're talking about our reigning world silver medalist not being on a Grand Prix podium. That's a big deal. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure too, I think. Yeah, and she did quite well in a short program, but the free program for whatever reason, didn't really work the way she wanted. Maybe she felt a bit of pressure from the ones that skated before and delivered so much. It, it's quite difficult to read what went on, but it's it's a shame because she, she's a beautiful skater. Now, we did have a clean quad toe in the women's event as well um, with Ryan Sumiyoshi uh, executing her first clean quad toe in a competition. And she was... Um, you know, she was in fifth after the short program and, and did manage to get a medal, get the bronze medal. Um, so again, there was a lot of switching around that happened in the women's event from the short to the free skate. Yeah, and we, we knew that she was going for that element, but to see it happen in such an easy way, <laughs> I think that everyone were like, okay, she's going for it, she's going for it. She did it. Oh, my gosh, it's beautiful. Wow. <laughs> so they make it look so easy sometimes. Everyone yeah. does. Like, it should be so simple, and it's not. Nope. <laughs> yeah. We also, too, welcomed Wakaba Higuchi back after having Yay. been gone for almost all of last season. Yeah, all last season. Um, It's really great to see her, I mean, fourth place in the free skate. Again, she may be going through some of the same things that Yuma has been going through, you know, after missing time and coming back. 
But I think this is good. I think this was a good start for her. I think she's definitely capable of more. And it may not have been perfect, but I think um, it's something to build on. Absolutely. And it, it was great to, to see her back. Uh, I'm sure you all saw the reception from the audience. She's so mm -hmm. loved. And mm -hmm. she's definitely here to to stay here. She will. I'm pretty sure that we'll see good things back again from her. Okay. Was there anything else that stood out to you from the women's event? Um, maybe um, just a quick note. So Kimi Rapinoe, Switzerland. She didn't have a very good Grand Prix, but she just today announced that she withdraw. She's withdrawing from the next Grand Prix event, which would have been um, Espo in Finland. Uh, sadly, she's not fully recovered from an injury, so she said that she needs to take time to get back in full shape. And you could definitely see that she was not very confident at these Grand Prix of France. So, yes, uh, she's a beautiful skater anyway, so wishing her all the best and a speedy recovery and to come back very soon. She already said that she plans to get back to Europeans and World uh, Championships, so hopefully we'll see her back. And I think maybe... Also, another thing to mention is Lea Serna of France. So she's now with uh, Mikael uh, Hood. And I think that there's quite a change there because Lea has always been one of the skaters that was getting out of the eyes, being not very sure about, I think, or having something that was always in her, her head, I think. But this time she came out, she delivered, she, she had a good finish. She was seventh overall, but it was a different Lea Serna. So it was very nice to see her skate clean, enjoy herself. So, yeah, something that I thought it was nice to to mention. Yeah. It seemed like a lot of the French skaters had some good skates this weekend, just enjoyed themselves out there. The crowd loved them. So, yeah, it was nice to see that. You know, you always want the the home skaters to have a really good skate sometime, you know, during the competition. And yeah. possibly the whole weekend would be great too, but, you know, at least have one good skate would, you know, in front of their family and their friends and the home crowd, so. And I think that they were, they were all hyped by Adam's results, probably. <laughs> so that really Definitely. helped to yeah. boost all of them. <laughs> yeah, he set the bar on that. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, moving on to the pairs was very close after the short program. Only 0.66 separated first and second. Um, I mean, that's pretty incredible. And uh, in the end, it was Leah Pereira and Trent Michaud who took their first gold medal, the Grand Prix, in their very first Grand Prix season, qualified for the Grand Prix final. A little bit of an upset. Yeah. Did not think that... Uh, I really, honestly, going into this competition, I thought that Conti and Machi had the gold medal. I really didn't deviate from that, but we did get this little upset. Yeah, and I think we we all had the same thought, and they shared at the press conference that it's almost like a new year for them, because last year it was all new and they had these amazing results. So this year, the guys into the new season and they have this pressure on them being the current European champions, uh, world medalists with the bronze. So they, they have a lot of pressure on them and they feel like it's a new kind of territory they are entering in and exploring. They know that they have a bit of work to do. I think Sarah had something to deal with as well. So she they had to miss a bit of training in the summer, but maybe that's why they're not in full shape yet. 
But I think that they have still strong programs. They decided to keep the same free program that they had last year, while the um, short program is a new program. And they said that it's what they're doing is a tryout of the short program that they're aiming to bring to the Olympic Games of Milano Cortina in 2026. So it's a quite quite an important short program that they want to work on. But yeah, overall, I don't think. Um, of course, you know, we all assumed that it would have gotten a gold medal, but this is not going to stop them, hopefully. And they're skating again in two weeks at, um, in Finland at Espo, and hopefully we will see them in a better shape there. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely, I think I after the short, I, and I saw that Leah and Trent were the leaders, I was like, oh, okay, that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> and then seeing how close it was, I was like, okay it's anybody's game here in the free skate. And, and then Leah and Trent pulled it off. Um, and, you know, Sarah and Niccolo were second. Um, yeah, I, you know, I've been really impressed with Leah and Trent too, because just a new team, you know, only is she, I think she might've said it in a press conference that around this time last year, they had like their first competition and it wasn't yeah. a grand prix. It was a mm-hmm. qualifier for Canadians and um and now here they are going to the grand prix final and i'm assuming that they're going to see deanna stiletto dudek and um maxim deschamps in the final as well um this is really you know showing canadian pairs is pretty strong again as they've all they've pretty much been for (laughs) a number of years but um yeah it was i mean they're looking really as a solid team. And, and for Leah, who wasn't doing pairs recently, um, just switched over back to pairs. It's just really incredible um, what they've been able to accomplish, you know, in this short amount of time. Yeah, it's very true. They, they, you know, they got out there. They saw that being first after the short program, they had a chance to, to win this event. <clears throat> and that's what I did in the in the free program. I got out there, they skated. They both team had both um the Canadians and Italians had a few mistakes here and there. But substantially the mistakes from the Italians were a bit more costly than the ones that the Canadians had. And as we know, you know, it's a question of numbers <laughs> at the end. Yeah. <laughs> as always. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And finally, in bronze position, Camille Kovalev and Pavel Kovalev won the bronze medal. Also, we should mention that Ellie Cam and Danny O'Shea had to withdraw after the short program because Ellie sustained an injury in the morning in one of their practices before the short program. They did get through the short program. However, they withdrew after the short. Yeah, it was a pretty nasty fall, actually, that she had in the morning. So hopefully, fingers crossed, she is okay and they will be able to yeah. come back at the next grand prix but yeah yeah i was not surprised to see them withdrawing and um we might as well it i think it's time to move to dance i think charlene guignard marco fabri they're just incredibly secure and dependable at this point i watch them and i feel comfortable that they're going to go out there and deliver every time they skate and this was no exceptions they're already getting high levels for their elements their step sequences are getting threes that's where people want to be that's Mm -hmm. where teams want to be at least to get to three because four is so incredibly hard to get to 
Um, do you think they're setting themselves up to be the team to beat for Worlds? Because I kind of think they're setting, they're kind <laughs> of making a case for themselves every time they go out now. And I, I think there's there are a few things that we need to look at. So number one, their physical shape is incredible. And it's only the start of the season. They were phenomenally precise, strong, and it's hard to think how much they... Yeah, I don't know how much they can grow this season because they're already so good. So why, what is there yet to see this season from them? But also they're quite strategic as well. So they share that, for instance, the Rhythm Dance has got this kind of vibe. They have these very vibrant costumes. They said, we want to stand out. We don't want invisible costumes. And we want to do something that is nice, funny and uplifting. But we know that their uh, confidence zone is more into what they're doing in their free program, which is the theory of everything program. And mm -hmm. wow, do they deliver doing this. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. The, the entire arena, I don't know whether you noticed that, was silent. And it's not because they were bored, but it's because everyone was captured into what they were saying and the, the story that they were telling on the eyes. So that, that was beautiful to watch. And definitely, yeah, they're definitely setting themselves up to to be the ones to beat this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in silver medal position, Laurence Fournier-Baudry and Nikolai Sorensen put out performances that were much better than their last competition, which I believe was Finlandia Trophy. Right. And they seem to have taken that and put it behind them and are forging ahead. Uh, still, there's like a nine-point gap between first and second. Yeah, they, they did mention that a few times at both press conferences, They that they were really glad that Finlandia Trophy is now a memory and they're moving on. They, I think that they are aware that, of course, this year, year's World Championship is going to be in Montreal, which is not only the country mm -hmm. that they represent, but it's also the sound that they live in and train at with the ice of yes. Montreal. So, of course, they have a lot of pressure on themselves. But um, what they did share about their free program, for instance, is that that's a program that Marie-France de Brille, which is their coach, told them they should be doing. And she thinks that that could become their masterpiece. So they they feel like initially, you know, they they were like, OK, she is this music that we might like? Is it not? But then they said that it's one of those things that the more you listen, the more you feel the music getting inside of you. and and definitely you can see that they're embracing that. Nikolai, I don't know whether you saw that, um, he was at some point singing the lyrics where they were doing one of the lifts. And uh, they're, they're really engaged with that Notre Dame de Paris program. I liked it. I really liked it a lot. Um, but I didn't notice him lip syncing. I'll no. have to go back and watch that. <laughs> <laughs> we also got the second bronze medal for Evgenio Loparova and Jeffrey Brousseau. I think their programs this season, they have two really great vehicles. Yeah. I think that they're continuing to skate them well. I think there's still room for improvement. And they have a very clever rhythm dance that yeah. is very different than anyone else's. And I appreciate that. I was going to ask about that. Did the French crowd really get it? Because yes. we, you know, Skate America, I okay. I think people were like, eh, I don't know about this. They didn't understand it, but the French crowd got it. And, well, I can only report that at the Rhythm um, Dance Press Conference, they said that 
you know, they could see the audience get in the music, they know who they were dancing to, and I can only take that for granted, of course, because I'm not French, <laughs> but it looked like the audience knew what was happening there, they loved it, so yeah, take that box. <laughs> okay, so uh, Team USA is Christina Carrera, and Anthony Ponmarenko finished in fourth. Um, still, you know, solid performance from them. But the free dance that I really enjoyed uh, was finally getting to see Marie-Ja Lorio and Roman Legac's Corpse Bride program. Beautiful. I've been, I have been looking forward to this program for a while. Um, and I've mentioned before, going back to Christina and Anthony, how much I think their costumes and the performance matches the tone of the movie, that the soundtrack that they're skating to. I have to agree in this case, or I have to, you know, say that again for Lorio and Legax because the mood, the choreography, the expression really captures it. I had, a, I really enjoyed it. And I'm pretty sure you saw the added drama with Marie J's uh, skirt almost breaking in at the start. Oh, yeah. So she did the yes. entire four minutes with that piece of fabric that was just down there. And I was praying for the entire time, please don't trip on that. And she managed <laughs> not to. It actually added drama to it. So really, really good. Yeah. Now she had her face purple, right? Her face yes. was purple. Mm -hmm. That's even going into the full character of it. I mean, she was you know, in it. more yeah. than just like makeup, you know, on the eyes. She had the whole face going. Yeah. I loved it though. I I love those stories and sometimes bringing them to life on the ice is difficult, mm -hmm. but I feel like they did a great job of that. And I was really entertained. Yeah. And they said that that, that was some music that it has in, in mind for a while. So it shows that it's probably something that they wanted to do and finally they got the chance to do it. And yeah, it's working out because it's, <laughs> they, they love it. They really like yeah. it. Well, I think we've done a great job discussing Grand Prix de France. And Gina, my co-host, has a previous engagement. So she's going to skip out. However, Mateo and I are going to finish the podcast yeah. together. Thank you, Mateo, for filling in for me. And thank you for joining us to chat about France. And I will be back uh, next week. Mateo, was there anything else from this competition that you think fans may not know about or you want to share with us um i think maybe just to add something more to the ice dance so we saw olivia's martin team dick representing spain there they look like they had they struggled in both segments but it's probably fair to mention that it's a new team of two very experienced skaters that decided to get together they've been skating together for a few months and they started the season knowing that they had Skate America they were assigned to. They did not know they would come to this Grand Prix, but they they, they, they were called because of another team we throw in. So just a quick note to say note to, to say that although it looked like they didn't do well, we have to appreciate that they're working extremely hard with very hard elements already in their programs. So I'm I'm sure that we'll see a lot more from them. But um, yeah, just hoping that fans were not too critical towards them because it's it's a step uh, in the right direction for them. So it's experience and we'll see 
more in the future, I'm sure. Awesome. So I was pretty impressed with what I've seen from them so far, especially because whenever you get two experienced skaters, especially Olympians, and they get together, it's going to take time to meld the styles. In some cases, it can be very quick. Sometimes it's a little bit of a longer road, and it can also be anywhere in between. So I think that they just, I agree with you. They need some more time. Let's continue, you know, to support them because I think there's a lot of potential there. And they look like they're having fun yeah. skating together. Yeah, they're a good match, I'm sure. Yeah, I think that that's super important. Well, we are going to move on to our other events that took place this week. I have just a couple of notes to talk about with the 2024 Eastern Sectionals. Um, this took place last week in Coral Springs, Florida. The senior singles qualifiers to nationals include Will Annis and Daniel Samohan. Well, that name may sound a bit familiar because he it was an Olympian for Israel, but he was also the 2013 U.S. Novice Men's Pewter Medalist before he switched to represent Israel 2013 through December 2021. Um, Sarah Everhart and Alex Evans qualified uh, for the women's event. In junior highlights, 14-year-old Sophie Jolene von Felten, who skated for Switzerland last season as a junior internationally, became the seventh U.S. woman to land a triple axle in competition. U.S. figure skating, of course, posted a clip on their social media. Um, the event was live streamed. The novice, intermediate, and juvenile level sectionals will be on the YouTube channel for the first time and replays are available in the playlist. We will include that in our show notes. Um, for other competitions that took place this past weekend, we will link to the results in our show notes. Those include the Dennis Tem Memorial Challenger Series event, uh, which was also an ISU junior and singles and dance competition as well. Volvo Open Cup, Japan's second of two sectional qualifying competitions, Easterns. Ontario and Quebec held their sectionals. We'll have those results, as well as Alberta and Nunavut also held their um, sectionals. So all of those results will be in the show notes. You guys can take a look. So let's move on to general skating news. So the Court of Arbitration for Sports, or CAS, has registered the appeal filed by the Russian Olympic Committee, ROC, against the decision rendered by the Executive Board of the International Olympic Committee, on October 12, 2023. So this is becoming a challenge decision. It is. I had a feeling this was probably coming. I don't think this is the last that we've seen of decisions and appeals. I think this is going to likely go on for a while. Yeah, sadly. But <laughs> we'll see when we'll get to resolution. So we have some sad news to report. Oleg Protopopov, who with his wife, Ludmila Bolusova won the first two Olympic pairs figure skating titles of the Soviet dynasty, has died at the age of 91. This was according to Russia's Figure Skating Federation. Having been visiting Lake Placid since 2003, this is a place where he and his wife would often 
they they lived there for a lot of the time and it will be very very sad to go there and not see him there because he has been such a fixture they were a fixture in Lake Placid for such a long time so it's incredibly sad um we send uh you know our best wishes and thoughts to family and friends and sadly we have more um sad news Jutta Muller which is the legendary coach of skaters such as Katarina Witt and Annette Porsche uh, passed away on November the 2nd she was 94 years old and yeah unfortunately more sad news but we send our condolences to the family and friends so many coaches and skaters you know they're they're getting older we're losing a generation from our sport well moving on we had a ton of withdrawals this week um brady tonell withdrew from both of her grand prix assignments cup of china and nhk trophy Japan's Mai Mahara is out of Cup of China due to late recovery of a right ankle injury. Uh, we already mentioned Kimi Rapond withdrawing from her second Grand Prix event. Um, Andreas Nordebach has withdrawn from Grand Prix Espoo, Espa, from Grand Prix Espa. And Natalie Tashlerova and Philip Tashler withdrew from Cup of China due to illness or health reasons per the Czech Federation's Instagram post a couple of days ago. And Chinese ice dancers Xiu Wang and Jin Yu Lu have been replaced on the Cup of China roster by Shang-Chi and Nan Wu. That's quite a few withdrawals, like, in such a short span of time. Yeah, and For- hopefully we can only hope that being this time of the season, the skaters have enough time to recover and come back for the second half of the season. But yeah, it's quite a lot of news altogether in a very short time. Yeah, all in this week, yeah. it just seems like a lot. The <laughs> all-event tickets for the 2025 World Championship in Boston will go on sale on November 15th at 10 a.m. The World Championship will be from March 24th to March 30th, in 2025 so make sure you will check isuworld2025.com to uh get your tickets all events tickets to the event oh it's crazy to think that they're already selling tickets or they're going to be selling tickets oh my gosh it's crazy (laughs) so moving on to recent articles and interviews uh skate guard uh had a book launch release for ryan's new book called the Jackson Haynes, The Skating King. So we have a link to that release that has a lot more information on where you can buy the book and uh, a little bit more about what uh, the subject of the book is. I think GOE's published an interview with Ona Brown and Gage Brown after Skate Canada. You can find the YouTube video on their channel. Skate Info Glass had two interviews they had an interview with Camille and Pavel Kovalev and an interview with Adam Xiaohim Fa. And U.S. Figure Skating has an article on Houston's eyes at the Galleria's New Compete USA skating program. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a cool little thing that they're doing. It's kind of, uh, they call it Thrive and Learn, I believe. It's very interesting. The article, um, I added it late to our list. 
but uh, it's kind of fascinating what they're doing there. So moving on to upcoming events for this week, it's another busy week with five more competitions. Um, no Challenger Series events this week, but there are a number of international competitions. Uh, uh, November 7th to the 12th, we have Denkova Stajinski Cup, which is singles and pairs, novice, junior, and senior, and will take place in uh, uh, Sofia, Bulgaria. From November 7th through the 12th, the Pacific Coast sectional singles and pairs final is going to take place in Tacoma, Washington. Of course, next week after this one, Anne and I are heading to Midwestern sectional singles and dance final. But this week, it's about pairs and singles on the Pacific Coast. From the 10th to the 12th of November, we have the fourth Grand Prix, which is going to be Cup of China taking place in Chongqing in China. So that's going to be the fourth of the six Grand Prix events of this season. It's going so fast. I think we're going to be done before we know it. Too fast. <laughs> <laughs> so November 10th through the 12th, we have the Pavel Roman Memorial. It's ice dance for novice, junior, and senior. This event's been going on for a very long time. I remember when I first started IceDance.com, I, I think it was going on even then. It's going to take place in Olomouc, Czech Republic. From November 9th through the 12th, we have another Canadian sectional competition. It's for BC Yukon, which stands for British Columbia and Yukon Territory, taking place in Kelowna, British Columbia. This brings us to the end of our planned content. And this is usually where I say, Gina, would you let folks know where they can find us? But this time I'm throwing it to Mateo. Mateo, can you let folks know where they can find us? I have a big shoe to fill here, so I'll try to do my best. You can find us <laughs> at www.thisweekinskating.com. We are on all the socials, including the site formerly known as Twitter, at thiswkinskating, Facebook, on um, facebook.com slash thisweekinskating, and Instagram at thisweekinskating. And we are also on Threads now, uh, the new social media platform for Meta. We'd love to hear your feedback or questions, and you can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the support we've received via email and social media, so please keep it coming. We also want to remind you that we also have a Patreon. It's linked from our website. It's patreon.com slash this week in skating. As you know, we like to end every podcast by shining a lens on what's going on at our respective websites. Over at IDC, Matteo, as you know, was at Grand Prix de France. We have a recap. We have some photos from Robin. Um, yeah, it's it's been busy adding all of the new content to the website. And he got to do a couple of interviews. That's correct. Keep an While eye on that. there. So those will be coming soon. Mateo, would you like to let folks know what's going on at Figure Skaters Online? Sure. So Gina at Figure Skaters Online has got a Grand Prix de France recap as well and photographs that have been already shared on the website. And there are interviews and articles that are coming up this week as well. So keep an eye on them. Excellent. Well, Mateo, thank you so much for joining Gina and I on this episode. 
It's been a lot of fun talking about Grand Prix de France. We have to have you come back again sometime. Even, I would love to do that. Yeah, even when it's not Grand Prix season, just to talk about skating in general. It's always been fun. But with that, we've reached the end of another episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Mateo. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a nice week. 